0: and be late. And so the first person I thought about was to call was um, Pastor Nate. And me and him, we got on the phone and I asked him like tons of questions and just picked his brain and he just shared a lot of information with me. And so I, I shared with him also, I said, you know, um, since this is our first year back, um, I'm going to be the preacher for this first camp, us getting back going. And I wanted to kind of hear what he had to say about it. And when I said it, to be honest, I thought he was going to ask me, like, you ready? Because he knows my past. Like he said, we know each other. And so I thought he'll say, like, Are you ready? And uh, he, he didn't say that. He said, preach the word, doc. I was confused on the doc, but I, I figured that's what y'all say down here. I was like, who is this doc? But I rolled with it because um, I respect his brother. And so to have that, that vote of um, confidence from uh, my friend was pretty awesome. Uh, people that know me know I value uh, what Nate has to say. Um, I think I done got in trouble a few times because I've ended conversations with Nate said. It didn't go over too well. But that's how much I respect his word. And so when he gave me that, that vote of confidence, I was excited. But he said, preach the word. And so as he asked me to come here, That's the only thing that stuck out to me was preach the word. Uh, What to preach on? Preach the word. And so today, I want to look at um, 2 Timothy um, chapter 4. We're going to look at the first five verses, verses 1 through 5. And I won't keep you long, I don't think I will. Um, But I read from the Christian Standard Bible. And so I know you guys read the ESV, but if you can stand with me, um, that would be great. And it says this, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, correct, encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn Turn aside to myths, but as for you, exercise self-control in everything and do a hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for an opportunity, Lord, just to preach the word, Lord. I don't deserve it, Lord. I, I Sometimes I, I sit and I wonder, Lord, why did you choose me, Lord? And so I stand here humbled that you would allow me to preach your word, Lord. And so I ask that on this day that you would use me, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that no one will see Antonio. I pray, Lord, that they would just... See you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, like not only will they see you, I pray that they would leave here encouraged, Lord, ready to go out and themselves to preach and teach and live This word, because we know, Lord, this word can't just stay here at Forest Park. It has to go outside of these walls to penetrate these communities, to penetrate our nation, Lord. And so today I ask, Lord, that you would encourage us, Lord, that we would go out and that we would preach your word, that we would live your word, Lord. I pray that we would be an example of who you are. Use me today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Nate, he had introduced my, my wife, but I just, my wife, if you can stand up, and my daughter Savannah, and my son Antonio. Antonio let me know I, I got to hurry up so he can go to the gas station. So I, that boy loved the gas station. It's, it's crazy. That's, that's all he want to do is go to the gas station. <laughs> so anyways, here, looking back at the text, um, Paul is writing a letter to Timothy. Paul is incarcerated, and, but Paul wants to send this letter to encourage, I would say, his mentee, his, his little brother, or his homie in the faith. He wants to write to him and he wants to encourage him. And so the first thing he says to him here is, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus. And I want to stop there. So Paul is saying, I command you. Paul is letting Timothy know what he is about to tell him is very important. And you must do this. I command you. It's almost like a, a, a boss and an employee relationship. He says, come in. What I have to tell you is important. Sit down. Let me talk to you. What I'm about to tell you is very important. But then he add on there, he says, Uh, Christ Jesus and God is with me and so he's letting them know the upper management is here as well and they're going to hold you accountable for these things that I am about to tell you to do here in the text and so he says I command you I command you and Paul just wanted to get his attention to let him know look this is serious business This is serious business. How many of us know the word of God is serious business? The word of God is serious. And we should hold to the things of the word of God. Pastor Nate shared, I was a knucklehead. But when this word got a hold of me, it changed me. The word of God will change you. And so verse 2, he says... Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, correct, encourage with great patience and teaching. When he says preach the word, what is he saying? He's saying tell people about Jesus, tell them about everything written in my Holy Scripture. But what is it to preach? The word preach also means to proclaim or to announce. I'll go even further. The word preach or proclaim means to herald. Back in the day, they had heralders. They went out and they said, hear ye, hear ye. And so here he said to go out and to be a herald and share the word and to announce who Jesus Christ is. They didn't have social media or the newspapers or the television. So some of us now, we get so comfortable with sharing scripture and stuff on social media, we don't know how to interact with other people. We feel that we share our verse on our social media. We've done our job for the day. Well, here in this time, they didn't have those options to stand behind their cell phone or computer. They had to go out where the people were, and they had to proclaim the name of Jesus. And this is what he's telling them to do. Go out and to be a herald. Proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Get out there. It's so funny. I look at social media. We're in that, that age where that's all we do. Social media, that's, that's how we live. And I'm not knocking it because it's a great benefit for us. But we live this This fake kind of facade we have people to believe we're something that we're not. And a lot of Christians, we do that on social media. We're all holier than thou on social media. But as soon as they get outside of their, their churches and they're in the community, they don't know anything about Jesus Christ. They don't talk about Jesus Christ. But see here, they didn't have that option to be fake because people saw you. They saw who you were. You couldn't be fake. Let's face it, we live in a world where it's pretty easy to be fake. If I can put on my social media right now, I'm a millionaire. Y'all be like, man, that brother do dress nice. Must be true. We can put those things out there. But here, you didn't have that option. To herald me, you had to go out there. You had to get out there and share. And so people saw who you were. You couldn't be living two lives. I know that's not here in Kentucky. We only deal with that in Ink Town. We have to get out there. We have to proclaim. And then he goes on to tell him to be ready. Let me read my from my text. He says, preach the word. Be ready. In season and out of season. Be ready. What does it mean to be ready? It's like when you in the, the hood, I mean, I don't know if y'all have hoods out here, but it's like you in the hood with your boys, and he look over and say, be ready. He letting you know some stuff may pop off. Some things may happen, so be ready. Be on the lookout because something may go down. Something may go down. Listen, he said some stuff may happen. Be ready at all times, at any moment, at any moment, anything may happen. And here he's saying the same thing to Timothy. Listen, always be ready to share the word because you never know what may happen. He says be ready in an instant. He says be ready to rebuke, correct. And what does it mean to rebuke, to give correction, to give reproof with strong disapproval? So it's okay for us as believers to go against anything that contradicts the word of God. We live in a time where we're so afraid to stand up against sin. If it's against, if, if it's in the Bible that says don't do it, don't do it. But now, because society say all of these forms of sin and sexual immorality and all these things are okay, we like, mm, maybe Okay. No, we are called to rebuke. We are called to rebuke and let them know no, this is not right. This is not how we are to live. But he says also in the text to encourage with great patience and teaching. So, therefore, when someone is living against the word of God, our job is to still encourage them with great patience and teaching not to condemn them to hell and tell them everything that they're doing is wrong. Y'all know those Christians. We look down on everybody and everything they do. We see the young girl that got pregnant. She ain't been to church in a while. And as soon as we see her, mm, you got another baby. Oh, y'all don't do that here. We think we so much better than everybody else we quick to look at everybody else and how they living and how they carry our lives instead of looking at ourselves. Instead of being, as the scripture says, to encourage, we have to encourage. Have to encourage. Listen, it, it's funny to me that Paul here would tell him to be ready as if we was about to go into a battle, but he tells him to fight with encouragement and teaching. That's very powerful. Be ready like you're ready to fight, like you're ready to go to battle, but you do it with encouragement and teaching. You do it with patience and love. That's amazing that he would say that. I've read this several times, and I've always looked over that. So when I got to study, he says to be ready to fight. But I don't want you to fight with your hands. I want you to fight with my word. I want you to encourage them with my word. So listen, when you have that young lady that has had several babies out of wedlock, and you go in on her, and you're so mean to her, and you make her not want to come to church, that's not encouragement. That's not love. And it's definitely not doctrine. It's definitely not doctrine. So you're saying, when when, when they're fighting dirty, I should still fight with love? Yes. When they talk about you, when they dog you out, still fight with love. Paul understood that winning them over with the word is much more important than winning an argument. We all like to win arguments. Ask my wife. I do not like to lose an argument. We don't have many, but I I like to win, and most of us do. But Paul is saying it ain't about that. When you share in with the lost, it ain't about winning your argument or proving your point or making them look bad or letting them know everything that you know. In Michigan, we have a large group of Hebrew Israelites I run into them time and time again. And what they want to do is let you know that I know more than you. What you are reading and studying is wrong and I am right. But see, when I talk to them, what they talk about contradicts this Bible. Because they don't do it with love. They do it with anger and hate. And so it's crazy to me. And then when you want to sit down with them and share the things of the Scripture, they got a whole different story. I'm like, the Scripture says this. We can't go away from the Word of God. And it's not about winning an argument. It's about winning people over to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then he says... For the time will come where people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. Listen, he's telling Timothy, the time is coming where people will not want to hear truth anymore. They're going to want to hear those things that benefit them and their desires. They want to hear those things that appeal to their flesh. He says they're going to go and find teachers that teach the things that they like. But not only that, they're going to come up against you and your teaching also. They're going to come after you also. We have so many people within our church, when the pastor don't say the things that we like, we... We peace out. Uh Pastor didn't say really what I wanted him to say. Pastor really doesn't do what I want him to do. Oh, it happens in the church. Y'all know that. This is name my homie. I'ma be a little messy. Some of y'all are probably here because y'all didn't like what y'all last pastor talked about. No, it ain't about that. It ain't a lot. Now if your teacher teaching foolishness, some heresies, that's different. But if he just ain't doing the things that you like, the music is changing. At my church they get mad because I wear a hat in the church. They mad at a brother. They want to. But it ain't about those those things. My bad. I'll go off on a tangent. But he says they will go against you for your sound doctrine. John MacArthur says this. He says, professing Christians and believers in the church, nominal believers in the church, follow their own desires and flock to preachers who offer them God's blessings apart from their repentance. He goes on to say, they have an itch to be entertained by teaching that produce pleasant sensations and leave them with good feelings about themselves. See, their goal is that man preach according to their own desires. Under those conditions, people will dictate what man preach rather than God dictating it by his words. So many people want to go to church and they want to walk out of there and they want to feel good about themselves. They want to feel like they're on top of the world. Listen, I'm about to plant a church and be preaching every Sunday and still when I hear the word I walk out like man that hurt I walk out feeling encouraged like brother you got some work to do but I I, I don't never walk out to church feel like I'm I'm walking in my destiny (laughs) or a a greater is coming I'm sorry if y'all like those songs no I walk out encouraged like brother you gotta do better We got tons of churches around here that makes people feel good, that plays on our emotion, but there is no real change. We have a church that's very popular within our area, and in this church, it is populated with the homosexual community. Now, I don't have nothing against I'm not, I'm like, I'm, I'm against sexual immorality, right? So let me just say that, but with this community, they feel comfortable with going to this particular church. That's because something is being missed in this scripture. We preaching to their, their feelings. We just want people to come in and to feel happy and to feel like everything is going to be okay. Those things don't happen here in Kentucky. I know it doesn't. And then he says, listen, they will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. He says they will turn to myths. Some translations use the words fables, meaning they will turn to false ideologies viewpoints, and philosophies in various forms that opposes doctrine. You have those people that are all about myths. Uh, we have, um, me and my wife, we own our own janitorial business and um, there's a one of the buildings we clean next door to it is an enlightenment center. And so they're all about enlightening you and making you feel one with yourself and teaching all kinds of foolishness. If you don't know who Jesus is, you ain't enlightened. But we're too afraid to say that. We're too afraid to say that outside of this church. Because could you imagine you being the only person that knows who Jesus is and everybody around you don't live for him are you going to stand up and say, listen, hey man, if you, you don't know who Jesus is, if you ain't living for him, I mean, at the end of the day, hell is your destination. Yeah. What? We have to be that bold. We have to tell him the truth, but listen, yeah. you have to say, listen, but I have good news for you. I have good news for you. Even though you're living in sin, even though you're out here tripping, even though you're going to those enlightenment centers and they ain't really enlightening you about nothing, I have good news for you. Let me tell you about a Savior. That's what we're called to do. That's what we are called to be, those that get out and share his good news. So it's a no-brainer when when pastor asks me to come out here, man, I'm there. I'm there in a heartbeat. I may have to get a few dollars for some gas, but I'm there. <laughs> because I understand how important it is to get this word out. And just because he said, he shares it, I may share it in a different way that somebody else may need to hear. And so when you get those opportunities, you have to share. There's a whole lot of people that you run into, that you talk to on a daily basis, that's in your circle of influence that Pastor Nate won't be able to talk to. So the stuff that he has taught here, he has preached here, is for you to take it and share it in those groups of the people that you are with. That's what we are called to do. But then he says this, he says, but as for you, exercise self-control in everything and do a hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. He says, exercise self-control in everything, not some things, not a few things, but in everything Exercise self-control. He says control your desires. Control your attitude. Control how you act when times get hard. Control how you act when people come up against you. To exercise self-control means that you will have self-discipline. That you would have self-discipline. Listen, Paul didn't want anyone to be able to say anything about Timothy. He understood for the preachers that's in the building. I'll just say for believers in general. The world loves when we fall. They be like, mm, that pastor, he a hypocrite. Nah, that pastor, he did this. Up oh, that Christian, she does this. She always drunk and turning up. She's always lit on social media. They got something to say about us all the time. And so Paul is saying, listen, you don't want them to be able to say nothing about you. So everywhere you go, everything you do, put on your best behavior. Put on your best behavior. So for you as a church, everywhere you go, everything you do, exercise self-control, put on your best behavior." Paul wanted Timothy to be above reproach. Nobody's been able to say anything negative or be able to say anything bad about him. He goes on to tell him, endure those hardships. Don't allow anything to stop you from this mission. Listen, Paul was in prison, but he's still putting in work. He's still talking about the Lord. Could you imagine if you was locked up for wanting to serve Jesus for being a Christian, I'll be in that boy like nobody knows the trouble I see. i would be sad. I ain't think about writing y'all no letters. I'm trying to prove my case so I can get out that boy. But Paul is thinking about Timothy. He understands how important it is to get this good news out. He understands that he's locked up and he's working, he's grinding. And then he goes on and says, do the work of an evangelist. And what is the job of an evangelist? Their job is to announce the good news of Jesus. The verb is translated, preach the word. Preach the word. It means to proclaim. Now, he wasn't calling him to tell him to be an evangelist. He was telling him to do the work of an evangelist. And then at the end of the verse, he says, fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. And what does it mean to fulfill your ministry? To complete the work that you have started. Complete the work that you have started. So many of us, We're used to starting things, and we don't like it. We stop it. No, but this work here, complete your job. Complete the work that he has called you to. He says to, and what what is the work? To preach, to rebuke, to correct, to encourage. That's what he has been called to, and this is what he is telling him to do. And also on this road, there are going to be some hardships. He's telling them this. You're going to go through some things. But listen, my dear brother, I want you to fulfill your ministry. Pastor Nate, there's going to be some things that you go through, but fulfill your ministry. Ain't no quitting. People are going to hate on you. Fulfill your ministry. I'm not only one that got a few haters. I got a few listen if you're living for Christ and you serving him on a daily basis you got to have haters if you don't have none then you ain't doing something right because anytime that you live for Jesus Christ anytime you proclaim his truth there's going to be people out there that's going to come up against you I call them player haters But if you ain't proclaiming nothing, they ain't got nothing to hate on. Pastor, they may not want me to come back. We got to be real. We got to have some haters. So listen, if you leave out here right now, if you're sitting here, you're like, man, I ain't really got no haters. Everybody pretty much love me. You need to reevaluate some things. If everybody that you hang with is believers, no, no, we need to reach the lost. I tell people all the time as we are starting a church, I told my current church, Middle Belt Baptist, I said, I don't want any of you to leave Middle Belt, except for the ones that God said, you know what, I want you to go with him. But that's it. I ain't trying to get no other saved, folks. We need to get the lost. I don't want nobody that's mad at this pastor to come to one mission church. Then they're going to be mad at me. Then they're going to go to the next church. I don't want that. It it, it, It ain't about that. I don't want that. But listen, God has called you. If God has called you, he has called you to finish Well. He's called you to finish well. It bothers me when you hear about pastors that have been preaching and teaching for years, but then they fall into sin. It hurts my heart. Listen, pastors, I don't care how long you've been in the ministry. I don't care what your level of expertise is. I don't care what your experience is, you can't do this outside of God. So you may feel like, nah, I pretty much got it together. Me and God got an understanding. I'm, I'm pretty much good. No. If you got uh, parameters and things that you set up for relationships with other women outside of your wife, you need to always hold on to those. Because ten years down the line, when you think you're you pretty solid, That's when Satan creeps in. He'd be like, man, I've been trying to get you for 10 years. Do you understand when you fall in the ministry? That's a big thing. Satan is excited. And then the people that you have been preaching to. They start to be discouraged. Or you have. They feel okay about their sin. And you don't want that. they like, my pastor a fool. I can be a fool. You don't want that. So that bothers me when I see pastors, when I see them falling into sin and they're getting caught up in all kinds of foolishness. It is my prayer always that I would always stay faithful to my wife. Because that's what you see men Falling for all kinds of sexual immorality. I didn't tell a few guys like, "Listen, dude, you're not cute. You're not. That's Satan. Satan made you attractive to that lady, dude. You ugly." Like, I had to tell him, like, you need to understand. Like, really, no. It has nothing to do with you. Satan wants you to fall, so now you're attractive. Lord have mercy. You know you ain't attractive. (laughs) Listen, anytime somebody send me a message, what I do, wife? I give her my phone. They be lurking on social media. They be like, hey, how you doing? I'm married. Hi. You got to, because Satan wants you to fall. And that's for any man in here, anybody that's married, Satan wants your marriages and your relationship to be all messed up. And when that happens, man, when you fall, it's so hard to get back that trust. Not saying it can't happen because we've seen it in the scriptures with David. We've seen people come back from it, but it's so hard to get it back. So it's my prayer for me. It never happens. I call Nate quick, like, hey, dude, I'm on my way to Kentucky. I just got to talk. Meet me in Cincinnati. That's better. <laughs> and listen, as I preach, I know that there are some out here that says this message is for pastor. And no, not really. It's for everybody that's in here. Everybody that claims the name of Jesus. Everyone that say that they are believers. Listen, you got the scripture right there, so you see it all the time. Uh, Matthew 28 and 19 says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Listen, how in the world will you make disciples if you're not proclaiming the good news of Jesus? So all of us are to preach the word. All of us are to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Now your job may not be to stand behind the pulpit, your job may not be to shepherd a church, but your job is to preach the word. How are we going to make the disciples of all nations with just pastors preaching and teaching? It ain't going to happen. The disciples started, and y'all see where we at now from what the, the, the work of the disciples, what they did. We're able to stand here in the church today and preach the word. So for all of us that's in here, we should be preaching The word we should be preaching the word. Just a quick question: Have you ever invited someone to church? You've been inviting them, been inviting them, and they never want to come. Like they heathens, like you know they need Jesus. And one Sunday they just come up and they surprise you. And so as the pastor is preaching, every time he preach, you look over. He say something good. You like, Amen. Ain't he right? That's all, oh Lord. That's all right. So now you're trying to change them based off of what the pastor said. But really, you're making them feel uncomfortable. Listen, if you got somebody that you've been working on, that you've been sharing the good news with, they've seen you, and they come to church, let that happen. You do the work you plant to see. But you ain't no bigger than the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is what woke them up and told them to go to church that day. It had nothing to do with you inviting them. So I just got off on a tangent on that. But I, I, we do that all the time. I just know because I've done it a few times. The Lord was like, don't do that. Don't do it. I'm like, yeah, are you listening to this? Get off your phone. You better hear this. We didn't been there. Come on. We be looking over like, now nah, she knows she don't need to be on her cell phone. This is for her. I'm the only one. All right. That's me. My bad. That's only me. But listen, (laughs) listen, you agreeing with the pastor is not going to make anybody change. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. But it's our job, though, to proclaim. And as we proclaim, hearts and stuff start to melt. The word of God starts to work and starts to, to, to penetrate. The only reason I'm able to stand and preach the gospel is because a numerous of people poured into my life. So many people. If it just did it with like one or two, I'd be in a strip club right now on a Sunday. That's what I would be doing. I'm like, Nate. I will be in Kentucky. I'm gonna come eat after the anniversary, but. I ain't going to make it for service. But because of this good news, because of people proclaiming it to me, because them showing it to me through their lives, I'm able to stand here because of this good news. So listen, you never know what a person may be going through. You never know what they have going on in their life. Your job is to proclaim the good news. Your job is to do the work of an evangelist. Everybody, I see this, they talk about this, this 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 text, and like it's only for preachers. Like when I'm reading, I'm like, oh, this is just for preachers, this this is just for preachers, this is just for pastors, this is and then when I start to study, I'm like, well, proclaim that's for everybody. I'm like, then there's other scriptures, and then they tell us that we need to proclaim the news of Jesus Christ. This is for everybody. Everything in this text is for all of us. All of us. For us to advance God's kingdom, we, the church, have to work together to bring the lost into the fellowship of believers. One of my favorite verses is Luke 10 and 2 says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Would you consider yourself a laborer? The harvest is plentiful. What that means is there's a lot of lost people out there. The laborers are few mean there's a lot of people in church that ain't doing nothing. simple as that listen one thing we was here on friday and you guys had the movie night phenomenal i loved it but do we get outside of the community and do movie nights or are we afraid that they may break something or steal something or get pop on these nice chairs or this carpet you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not just saying picking on y'all. I'm just saying in general. That's who we are. We, we want people to come into our doors. But we need to be going outside. We can't do the work of evangelists to evangelists. All of us should be evangelists. We ain't making disciples with disciples. We need to go out there and find those who don't know them. And listen, it's going to be hard. It ain't easy. Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? No. All right. That's it. Sometimes they say, man, I've been waiting for somebody to talk to me. I have a, a, a young man. Uh, we had this fair within the city of Inkster. And um, he was walking down the street. And I was standing at a booth. I had a booth with our church information on there. And he walked by, and he like me and him locked eyes. Like I hate to say, it, I like eyes with a dude, but <laughs> me and my man locked eyes. And he came over there, and we just started to talk. And I and I was just telling him about our church. I said, Hey, man, look, here's my number. I said, Man, let, let's kick it anytime. You know, call me. You know, typically when you tell people that they never call, this dude called me like the next day. I was like, Hey, what's up? I was like, Oh. We met yesterday. That was quick. You called me, but because of me just giving him my number, this dude has been to our core team meetings to launch our church. This meeting at, this morning, as we are getting ready to come over here, he sent me a text. You never know what's on somebody's heart. Like I could have like no looked him like, "Hey, dude, I ain't locking dude eyes with no dudes." But I'm like, no, man, let me call him over. He told me, he said, man, Antonio, I pray for you. I pray that the Lord would send you. Yeah. And so now he always hit me up like, man, how's your wife? How's your family? And we kick it, and, 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 and I'm, I'm trying to work with him. But that would never happen if I don't open myself up. Everybody in here, we know some people that need this good news we know some people that need Jesus Christ not only that we know people that's on their way to hell right now and we have this scripture and we ain't proclaiming it we have the scripture and we just holding it tight this is meant for us to share this is not a pot of gold for us to hoard just for us. And it's not just for the preacher to preach out of. It's for all of us to use. All scripture is given for inspiration. Like this scripture is given for all of us to use and to inspire, but to teach also. And also to stand up against foolishness. When you don't know what to say, go to the word. Yeah. I go to the word and I'm like, I call Nate, like, hey, bro. Got to have somebody that you can go to, you can kick it with, but you got to have this word. This is the foundation. Everybody in here should know. Proclaim the good news. Proclaim the good news. So listen here for Forrest part and for all just believers in general. When you're not happy with your pastor, your job is to fulfill your ministry when things at home are not the best your job is to fulfill your ministry and when you're tired and you're ready to throw in the towel your job is to fulfill your ministry just think about this if Jesus would have came down off of that cross where would we be fulfill your ministry Fulfill your ministry. God will do some amazing things in your life. But when he calls, you have to pick up. Listen, y'all, I was in the club. I was on my, like, seventh drink. And the Holy Spirit was like, you ain't supposed to be here. I'm like, what? I put my drink down. I walked out the door and I sat in the car for two hours and waited for my cousins to come. The Lord, he's called. He calls us. You have to pick up. And then once he calls, he has work for us to do. To proclaim this good news. He ain't called you to sit in these nice brown chairs. He ain't called you to be the first person here to movie night. He calls you to be the first person back there when we about to eat. He call you for all that. It's nice to fellowship with the believers one unto another. That's all nice, but your job is to preach the gospel. Your job is to proclaim the good news. He call you just to call you. We know all these people that's going to hell. He call you just to keep all this stuff to yourself. So, Forest Park Baptist, I leave you with this. Preach the gospel. Fulfill your ministry. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to stand before your people, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that as um, you gave me the words, Lord, I pray that um, at least one person is encouraged today. I pray, Lord, that um, lives will be changed um, because of your word, Lord. I thank you Lord because you are a good God Lord. I truly truly grateful Lord. I think about where I was Lord, where I used to be Lord. And be because of you Lord, you used me in a mighty way Lord. I pray for anybody in here Lord that's afraid to proclaim your good news. It ain't easy, Lord, to to get up and to share with a non-believer to talk about you, Lord. But your word says you'll never leave us nor forsake us. So when times are hard, Lord, I pray that everyone in here, including myself, will know that you are there. That we would know that you would be with us in those times. But I pray, Lord, that None of us will stop the work that God has called us to. I pray, Lord, for everyone here that we would fulfill our ministry. And I pray just for Pastor and um, Sister Red and the, the whole family, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for their lives. I thank you, Lord, for the testimony of their service we know Lord that it has not always been easy but you Lord has always, you have, has always been faithful and so I pray Lord that their family will never stop serving you I pray Lord that they will serve until you have called them home I pray that for everyone that we will never stop serving. I pray that whether we're teenagers or senior citizens, I pray that we're doing the work of an evangelist. Lord, you are good. We truly love you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.